Hello everybody, welcome to The Coaching Conversation. I'm Graham Wiley and I've been coaching business leaders for the last two decades. In this series, we're going to explore some of the things I've seen and learned in that two decades and hopefully help you see how you can become more focused, more effective and hopefully happier in your life. So, it's now time to sit back, relax and enjoy The Coaching Conversation. Hello everybody. In this edition of the Coaching Conversation, I'm going to talk about team coaching. Coaching a group of people rather than individuals. Team coaching follows a very similar objective pattern as individual coaching. It's clearly designed to lift the performance of the group of people in that team and to reap all the benefits of that step change in performance for the organisation as a whole. Typically, team coaching comes around because the leader of the organisation is seeking some form of significant change. And there's there's usually a background to that. It, It could be that it's a new leader. It could be that there's been something materially significant happened in the organisation's business. So it could be a a positive growth. It could be some form of competitive disadvantage. It it could be anything that needs a response through the change of performance of the leadership team. It could be that there's a lot of new members of the team and it's a way of bonding them in and, and building the relationships that are needed to drive performance. As a, a team coach, it's very likely that not only will you be coaching the team as a group, you'll also be coaching the individual members in the normal one-to-one executive coaching program. And so for the period of the coaching program, people are going to be focused on their own individual goals, their own individual performance, as well as their role, their participation in the team game. There are a number of tools that executive coaches can bring to this kind of initiative. There's obviously Patrick Lencioni's Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Shahzad Samin has the Four Pillars of High Performing Teams. But whichever tool is being used, they have some absolutely um, common elements. And, And the first is trust. Teams will only perform, they can only move forward if there is trust between the team members. And that includes the leader. He has to trust them and they have to trust him or her, whoever the leader is. The thing about trust is it allows people to become vulnerable. Because they're prepared to say, I've made a mistake, they're prepared to say, I'm having a problem because they know they're not going to lose out as a consequence of that vulnerability. The politics of the organisation don't seek blame. Because of that trust, they open themselves up through the vulnerability, which means they're responsive to development. They're responsive to criticism. They're not defensive to any of this. They're opening their mind, they're opening their eyes to change. And that allows... Conflict. Now, conflict is not an argument. It's not finger poking. It's exchange of ideas that differ. So if I disagree with you in a trusting team environment, I can say so constructively. 
And if I'm right, I've added to your abilities. I've added to your understanding. And if I'm wrong, I've learned something. And so conflict in this environment, in an open, strong team, is encouraged. encouraged. It's not just arguments and score settling. It's, it's actually the process by which the organisation finds improvement. As you move through conflict, people become accountable. They become accountable for their part of the delivery programme. And because it's open, because they're prepared to be vulnerable, because they're prepared to accept conflict and criticism, they're much more likely to say, I'm having a problem with delivering my part of the bargain. I've got this problem, that problem, or I'm I'm not able to do this. And that will solicit support. That doesn't solicit criticism in the sense of uh, aggression or um, blame. It enables people who are truly accountable, who truly want the team to perform, to report that they are doing so or that they're not. As you get accountability, you start to get absolute commitment from every member to the goals that each of them have signed up to. And indeed, cumulatively, to the goals that all of them have signed up to. And so team coaching is broadly about the relationship between each of the team members and how that relationship can be strengthened for the greater good. Now, sometimes as you go through that process, you will find that certain members find it very difficult. But if the leader is very clear that he or she is participating in this in exactly the same way, they are making themselves vulnerable, they are truly accepting criticism and conflict, they are truly accountable for their part of the bargain, whatever that might be, then most people will absolutely respond positively to this new way of working. Now, if you add this team dynamic development to the individual performance improvements that are coming through people being coached on their own individual goals, you can see that in a very short space of time, there's going to be a very significant shift in overall performance. And the cumulative effect is clearly huge. I've got numerous examples of teams that I've coached where they transformed the organisation, they completely reinvented it. And as I said at the beginning, sometimes that's because there's been a major change. New leader, new team members, or something in their market, something in their business performance is driving the need to step change. And this is a very well-proven, a very rapid way to reinvent, to re-energise the leadership of the organisation. In one example, there was a board of directors that I was coaching, six people, um, including the chairman and the managing director. And the organisation had been around a long time. It was a well-established place. But it had stagnated. It had got stuck. Results were flatlining and really probably going down. There was nothing new. Energy levels were low and I think there was a growing sense of uncertainty about the future 
because it didn't appear to have a clear direction of where it was going. Despite all of that, the leadership team were very committed people and working jolly hard as individuals, not as a team. We took them through the programme and in about nine months, you would not have recognised them, the team, you wouldn't have recognised the dynamic and you certainly wouldn't have recognised the spirit and energy within the business. They hadn't entirely turned around the difficulties they were facing in their market but they got a plan and they were at it. They knew what they were going to do and they were committed and confident that they were going to achieve it. And suddenly working there, suddenly being in that team was a nice place to be. Not easy, but nice. The compounding effect that had with the rest of the people in the organisation is pretty predictable. They all felt they were now being led. They all felt that there was a future. They all felt there was an energy to this, a desire, an ambition. And that added the momentum, that added to the opportunity that they were creating. So there you have it, the latest edition of The Coaching Conversation. hope you found it interesting. hope you found it useful. You can find out more about our coaching programs at theexecutivemindset.co.uk. If you want to reach out, you can send me an email at theexecutivemindset at sagegreen.com. You can book a free 30-minute session at theexecutivemindset.co.uk, which will give you a really good feel for how coaching could help you. And if you really enjoyed the session, do please rate us, do please give us a review. And nothing more for me to say other than see you next time.